what's driving this? What's going to sustain this when it gets hard? How do we let our community feel safe, feel seen, feel heard, feel honored and respected? What is the culture we're building? How do we invite them to feel like family? Are there rituals that we want to create here to really invite us to, to soak in together into this community that we're building? What is the intentionality? Where are we going to invite this community to go next? What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley, and this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. Hey, Sam, I'm so excited that we have a solo guest joining us for this episode today, and we're going to be deep diving into how community can up-level and help really build someone's brand. Mm, I love this topic so much. I've always loved this topic. And I think post-COVID, it's a conversation that we really, really need to bring back. Just, I've noticed, and we were having a conversation before we recorded, that I haven't been getting out as much as I used to post-COVID and have got into this vacuum of doing all business online. And just last week, I hosted a lunch for 15 people that are all doing big things in the world. And we came together and I got home and Leon said it was like I had, you know, taken some speed or something because I felt like I was alive again, just the conversations in the room and the magic that was created from having that conversation. So I'm really looking forward to this topic today. Me too. You know, and I think because so many of us have our businesses online, like I feel like we have this silo epidemic, right? Like we're all in these little silos and that connection that comes alive in community. It's like, it's like how people get to, to live the brand and experience the brand rather than just see the brand. So I'm excited. Mm. Let me introduce you to our guest today as you're listening in, Marusha Murphy. She is the founder of Revolutionary Communities and she's doing groundbreaking work in bringing humanity back into virtual and hybrid community design. She's even been brought into Facebook and the United Nations because of her work in growing, monetizing, and expanding impact-driven brands over the last 22 years. And as a little fun aside, Marisha, thank you for joining us. I We were just talking about this that, you know, I've known you for so many years now and you've evolved your work in the world a couple of times and, and and like this is the power of sharing what you're doing and what you're up to and how you're impacting lives on social media because I've been watching your posts and when Sam and I are like we should talk about community building I'm like I know who to ask I know who to ask so thank you for saying yes oh my gosh it is such a pleasure to be here with you Melanie and with you Sam it's truly I've been looking forward to this conversation yeah I know that as a, it's dear to both of your hearts. And I, and I think that the world that we're in right now, I think more of us are trying to figure it out, right? Like trying to figure out how do we do this well? Because there were some perks to, at least for me, there were some perks to the pandemic. As an extrovert, found a love for quiet time for the first time. <laughs> so mm. trying to get out there again and be a community-driven person I had to kind of come to terms with like, oh, but I kind of like some quiet time. What does that mean in terms of my own boundaries? 
Mm. And then on the other side of it, right? The conversation often happened where, oh my gosh, I, I miss the, as you were just mentioning, Samantha, like I miss my pe- I miss people. I miss hugging other humans. I miss the energy of being face to face. And so we're trying to make sense of, we're in this beautiful space and world right now where we're trying to make sense of how do we community well? How do we do this? Mm. And really love each other in this post pandemic era. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Well, because I've known you as long as I have, and I've seen you evolve into this extraordinary work you're doing now, I'd love to start just with a little bit of like how you went from the work you're doing before to like claiming this space, this revolutionary community energy that you're, you're, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like you're vibrating very high in the work you're doing right now, but how did you decide to really own this space of helping disruptors and thought leaders and influencers to build these kind of revolutionary communities? That's a good question. So I've been, I've been doing this work, as you mentioned, for quite some time, and we've known each other in, from the world of telesummits back in the day in like 2009, so many, many, many years ago. But, you know, Melanie, prior to that, I was actually, I had been building community for quite some time. I just, I didn't have, I didn't have that knowing within me that this was a thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. Quite honestly, I didn't know that building community was a thing. I heard the word community organizer and it made me like my heart warm whenever I would hear it. Be like, oh, that's really nice. I would be lovely. But I could never imagine myself as a community organizer because it looked different than the way in which I was building community. Right. And so for the longest, I didn't really resonate with or know that it was a thing. The pandemic then hit. And at that point, I actually made a choice at that point to give away. For the first three months of the pandemic, pretty much any, if anybody came to me and said, I need help, I just had this live event that was completely that canceled. This is what has been bringing in millions of dollars to my business. I'd be like, Hey, you know, put me in coach. Let me help you. And I would create these workshops just for free based on intuitively having built at that point over a hundred communities behind the scenes. Hundred communities had done over six figures for smaller businesses to nine figures for some of the larger companies I was working with, and everything in between. And so, I started to realize by the summer of 2020, oh my gosh, two things. Number one, there's a huge need for what I know in this space, and I've never given myself permission to talk about it. And number two, holy crap, do I need systems? <laughs> like everything <laughs> at that point was so intuitive to me was just what I would do because it just felt so aligned. I would speak about it. I would train on it easily to clients that, that would bring me in on their teams. But I didn't have a I didn't have a system. I didn't have a process. So I spent literally the summer of 2020 looking at the first 100 communities I had designed and seeing what worked, what didn't work, why did it work, why didn't it work. Got all of that gorgeous data and put it together and created what we call now and lovingly call in our office the community Bible, <laughs> if you will. And it's like over 500 pages long. And it has all the systems and the processes based on the different communities we've designed because there's, it's not just Facebook groups. There's been so many different types of community experiences from workshops to webinars to in-person events to retreats to summer camps to you, you name it. Like we've done, we've done a, a gamut of different types of events. So I really laid all those out really intentionally. And then from there, started to realize, you know what, let's actually support more people because I see, I also at the exact same time turned 40 and I had this epiphany that 
this is going to be my decade to multiply. Like I want to multiply impact in a massive way. So what would look like? How would that look like? Created a course, brought that course to life, started generating a lot of beautiful humans to create massive impact through their communities, which has now led to over another hundred communities over this last two years since creating that course. So that's been all beautiful. I'm very happy with all that. Then this last summer, I really, I had this recognition. I was at an event. It was uh, with Aloka Potterai of Uplift Millions. If you guys don't know him yet, you, I definitely want to introduce you. He is your people. He's our people. He's phenomenal. He had this experience that he led at his in-person event that really helped me recognize that who I am as a person and who I am in my leadership is to stir up the things within us that really light us up fully, fully in like its fullest form, light us up. And when any one of us is in that state of being fully lit up from the inside out, what happens is revolutionary. What happens is creating massive impact, massive shift, massive expansion, if we so want that to happen, right? So I really then made a decision at that point to work with those who want that level of yes. And it really now took my, it amplified the level of my work in a new way to work with those who are ready to be courageous, to say yes to the thing that is going to help them, not help them, but is going to help their community zig when everyone in their industry is saying zag and really grow from there. And so I found that is my sweet spot. And yeah, that's where we're at today. Mm, love love it so much. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about community, I get this beautiful feeling of, you know, being surrounded by support and, you know, all the feelings that come, you know, before, even before when you said, you know, we miss hugs, you know, that's how I showed up last week. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a hugger. Give me a hug. You know, we're all craving that. But you're talking there about community that isn't necessarily in person. So mm. how do you define a community? What is a community? You know, you've mentioned why it's so important, but, but how do you define it? That's a beautiful question. And I think the, the best way to define it is to, is to recognize what it isn't and to define another word as well, which is the word audience, right? I think in our world of online marketing and, and we're all learning about community or, and audience building, oftentimes we're, the word community is being bastardized today. And, and, and I truly believe we're, it's watering down the impact that's possible when people are actually in community together. So audience is a very important word. And audience is defined to be, in my eyes, it's an opportunity where an individual or a company is able to share a message that with the objective of turning the light bulbs on, right? Of creating those aha moments, of inviting people to say, oh my gosh, this is interesting. I want to lean in. I want to know more, right? That is audience building. An audience is the people in the audience, whether it's you're speaking on stage, people looking at you, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn, who are listening into the core message. But it's very much a one directional experience typically, right? So it's us having a conversation, sharing expertise with those in the audience. It's super important. Mm -hmm. We need to have this as part of our business because we are wanting to invite more aha moments to come through. And for more of those individuals to then lean in to the core message, get maybe our free gift, our offer, et cetera, and then move them into our, our experience, right? So it's mm. super important and we need it. However, that is different than community. So community 
is in the most broadest form of saying it. It is when you have a group of people together around a specific interest or topic. And the conversation now is not necessarily about Marusha leading the conversation, but it's about what sparks because we're together around a specific topic or a specific for a specific reason, right? And so the conversation now becomes multidirectional. First, it starts with, you know, Samantha, you and I having a conversation and Melanie is like, oh, wait, I have something I want to add to that. And then, you know, a fourth and fifth and 10th person starts to come in into the conversation. Now we're having a party. <laughs> now we're having a community being designed around the topic at hand. Mm. And so that to me, that's where the difference is, right? The objective for community is to deepen relationships. The objective is to deepen understanding, is to be in connection with one another versus just to have the topic being invited into the conversation mm. or invited into to create light bulb moments, right? Yeah. So you're talking about deepening relationships and deepening understanding. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure everyone that's listening can picture this and, and they're feeling great about it. But I'd love you to sort of dive a little bit deeper in what is the value of this to the business or the brand? Because that's that's just, there's a little difference there. Yes. Oh, I love it. So the value to the brand or to the business really will depend on what it is that the brand or business has created that community for, right? So I actually designed what I call the five profit paths. So remember that hundred communities I mentioned where I finally like sat down with each of them and systematized them <laughs> and looked at all of my experiences and what, what worked? The five profit paths actually came from that initial work. And what I found is that the benefit of community is going to be dependent first and foremost on why we're bringing people together, right? And so when we're looking at the why, it's going to help us then understand, is it about profitability? Is it about building trust or brand engagement? Is it about creating evangelists? What exactly are we doing here and creating attention around? Oftentimes, this is actually the pivotal point where most people who have a pure, yummy, delicious desire and like warm and fuzzies about community go wrong because they haven't strategized. They haven't thought through intentionally what their hope is for that community, right? And it doesn't mean that we have to make every single community about the profitability, but we need to know why we're getting together and how is it moving the goals of the company forward in a much more intentional way. So once we have that clear, then it then there's some some beautiful power to that. And I, if you want, I can share what those five profit paths are if that's supportive. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I would love to fantastic. hear them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So three of the profit paths are really more for customer acquisition. So these are really when you're driving leads in from, let's say, your Instagram, your speaking, your TikTok, or wherever LinkedIn, wherever you're spending your energy and time, email even. And we were wanting them to come closer together and, and be in that community conversation, right? So the first one is really designed. We oftentimes see this in Facebook groups. They're like a free Facebook group where people are coming together around a specific topic of interest. Let's say it's women entrepreneurs, successful women entrepreneurs, or how to become a successful women entrepreneur, just for fun, right? So it's a broad topic that is now bringing people in. And it's oftentimes sponsored. This is, by the way, this is what I call the engaged profit path, engage. So the intention there is to create engagement, right? Around that specific topic. Oftentimes it's either sponsored or brought to you by a coach or a company that is really interested in that topic 
and maybe has some offers or programs that are paid that would be related to and of interest to people who are interested in that topic, right? So that's what I call the engage. Then we have what you call the endorse community, the endorse profit path. Endorse is really where we're looking at and this particular model it works really well if you are somebody who has a lot of influence in your space, but you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily have your own products per se. So affiliate marketers, referral based marketers, influencers who are really good at bringing a message forward, but they don't have their own thing, maybe yet create a community around that topic that they're interested in. And then they are now bringing in other resources, their resources into that community to really love their people well. And then receive, you know, their pay from that structure. Then we have what we call the excite community. This is what I call our small but mighty win community, right? We create excitement. That's the whole profit path is like, we want to create that small but mighty transformation, that small but mighty win for our members in such a way that when people experience this, they are like, oh, okay. So working with Samantha and Melanie, I just had this win. What else is possible? And they, you know, really our intention is to make those communities very short, sweet to the point (laughs) so that we can then invite them into the next thing. So some like tangible examples of that could be workshops, live, you know, live events, challenges are great in these excite communities. There's some different models around that. Now, so those would be the three that I would say we utilize typically for excite communities, but those are the three different profit paths that you would, we would consider for client acquisition or customer acquisition. From there, we want to look at how do we deepen relationships with our private clients, right? So that's what I call the educate profit path. This is where we're building an entire community around our people that have said yes already, that have invested money with us, but we want to help deepen their relationships with us, right? So Kajabi is one of my clients. They have an amazing educate community, right? This is all about helping them understand the tools, understand the the way in which Kajabi works, how they can utilize it better for their for their companies, for their you know online programs that they've been creating. And so that is a, a perfect example of an educate community, right? But the intention, the way in which you build that from onboarding all the way through keeping them, how do you retain them as a client to you know, increasing lifetime customer value is all a part of that design of building community. And then ultimately, the fifth type of profit path is what I call our evangelize communities. So this is where your raving fans and your incredible partners in terms of joint venture partners would want to sit, right? Because they're the ones who are wanting the sneak peeks into what else is coming up. They're the ones who are interested in understanding how they can best use their voice to support the expansion of your brand. And so those types of communities look very different as well, right? Than any of the other ones we just mentioned. And so they have their own, you know, way in which we build that very intentionally and strategically. So good. I love that you painted those out for us because now my brain is going, oh, I start to see how community really can help us expand our brand, help us like build like that experiential energy around the work we do. And uh, you give us a great example of Kajabi with the educate one, but I'm, I personally would really love to hear just like how maybe a, a good story about how you worked with somebody or maybe, you know, somebody you didn't work with, but you've seen them do this, the engage level and really made it work for their brand in a meaningful and profitable way. Yeah, sure. I can absolutely speak to that. 
And I can give you two different examples because they can look very different depending on, on how they're run. So one of the experiences is a gentleman that we're working with right now. His name is Ian Lobas, and he has the Irreplaceable Man is his brand. So he has a whole bunch of men that are really wanting to save their relationships, their marriages. And so for him, the way in which he's done that is he's really built out an experience in there. We first and foremost, we're always looking at what I call our baseline, our foundational part of building community. So we're looking at what I call the three V's, your vision, your values, and your voice. Who do you want to be in the marketplace is your voice your vision, really getting clear on like, what is it that we're cultivating? What is it that we're growing? Both from like the macro, like, of course, I want to create this much in revenue, but also what, what is the experience we want to create in this, in this community, right? Because a lot of times in these communities, it's just a whole bunch of noise. And so we want to really curate the experience in such a way that it doesn't feel noisy and it, but it feels really heartfelt and the people in the community feel seen. They feel safe to be there. They feel that this community is one that hears them. And it really is a place where they are respected in their journey, right? So the way in which he has been doing that is that he is creating videos where he sh- he has his own shares of his journey in his relationship with his wife. And then from there, asks and poses different questions. He'll also create some content to really support the members of his community to share a little bit about what it is that they're looking for, right? So in that, he's inviting them to, and this is just a little like little tip on this, is you want to always find great questions that help them see a an aspect that often isn't identified. Mm-hmm. By first, you know, sharing on his, for him, he's like, oh, hey, let me share something that I often don't share with the rest of the world. But since you're in my community here, let's let's have some inner, like inner circle time, right? So creating that sense of this is our spot where we can talk about the things, it models that level of vulnerability for the members. Now, if we just leave it at that, which is where most companies leave it, then it kind of falls flat because it's now it's on us to keep putting content out there, right? So in that, he's also nurturing those relationships. He has systems in, in place to build those connections and those relationships on a regular ongoing basis with each of those members. Now, a lot of just another little pro tip, there's ways to automate that. <laughs> so it's not necessarily that we have to be one by one by one, especially if you have like 10, 30, 50 people coming in a day. It's, you know, you can't, you can't. So there are ways to support yourself in nurturing, but it's to continue to be present for them, continue to share with them about what it is that that's important. And then ultimately know what we're selling on the back end. What are the programs or the products that really matter for today? You know, are we doing a promotion on this offer? Okay, then make this, let's make this month that offer. And that's what we're going to be promoting to our community on XYZ Day. And so then we, the team, and he doesn't have a huge team. You don't have to have a huge team to run those communities unless they're growing 10,000, 20,000, you know. But for most, most companies, they have under 10,000 people in their community. It can, you know, it can be run by yourself as the voice. Typically, imagine we're all speaking, we're all coming in as visionaries and leaders of our companies, but typically as the voice and then a community manager, somebody that knows the way in which to relate to people so that they're seen as like the right hand, if you will, to the main person in the company or the main person in the brand. And really 
most of the time that's enough, right? The other piece to it, another part of that is your, how are you communicating from multiple channels back into that community? So if we had just like in this case, if we just allowed Facebook's algorithm to rock our world, we're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Facebook mm-hmm. is going to, you know, share our stuff to our members in the community, but likely they're not, you know, so we got to know how else to share it. So utilizing tools like I use a, an incredible tool called group track that has really helped me create some of those automations in the messaging, but then also in letting people know about content, you know, following up in DMS with content as well as utilizing your email newsletter intentionally to highlight members in the community, highlight different posts, highlight different ahas that you had about what so-and-so said, maybe having a member of the week. Those types of things help drive people back into the community and continue to stay engaged with the conversation. Mm. But it has to be done in a way that's really orchestrated. And what we're finding is that as you know, folks like Ian have built communities like this, they're generating 45,000 a month, 60,000 a month, you know, and, and so on and so forth because they're creating that more intentional experience. So I would say that that would be one. That was such a great example, by the way. I know Ian and I, I love Ian and what the work he does. And that was such a perfect example. Oh. But maybe we just unpack a little bit like an example of somebody who might be on the evangelized path because I theoretically get it. But then I was like, well, how does that actually translate? I, mm. If you have something like that, that would be really Lovely to hear that example of that one. Sure, sure. There's multiple different examples I can think of. I think, okay, I'll give this one. I'll give two examples for sure. (laughs) And why I actually started, I was inspired by this. And then, and then I'll share an example in terms of the, in the coaching space. So Yelp, Yelp reviews, right? So Yelp actually has an entire, another echelon of, reviewer, if you will. And these are their super reviewers, right? Those super reviewers are now curated. They're invited with an invite only into their version of an evangelized community. And in that experience, they're now given opportunities to try out new features of Yelp. And they're also given opportunities to get discounts at different places that are wanting to reach these super reviewers, right? And they're getting all of that for free in exchange for feedback on Yelp's new and up and coming features that they're wanting to launch. Yelp also gives them the inside scoop on all of these new things that are going to be showing up in terms of, you know, local, how they can utilize local business marketing, how they can be local business marketers as well, right? Because a lot of these folks do it because it's really fun and it's part of their brand experience. So Yelp is is really building all that in. It's high value. So when you go into an evangelized community, you're wanting to give high, incredible, like incredible value, first and foremost, to your people in such a way that they can't help but want to <laughs> be a part of it and share it with the rest of the, whatever the product is with the rest of the world, right? So Yelp is not going to, I mean, the Yelp reviewers group isn't necessarily going to be talking about the Yelp reviewers group. They're going to be talking about Yelp and that service and how more people should be going to Yelp and it builds everybody. It's now it's an opportunity for everyone to really rise up together. So that's where the inspiration came from many years ago. I was like, ah, this is delicious. This is awesome. So one of my colleagues and dear friends, Jana Danielson has been building some incredible evangelized community. So Jana is the founder of two companies, just sold her first company and now has only two companies. She's also a mom of three boys. 
she's this, like superwoman through and through for sure. Her first company, two companies that she still currently runs, one is called, it's an e-commerce product called the Cooch Ball. <laughs> it's for pelvic floor strengthening <laughs> and it's phenomenal. So she was actually building a community around the Cooch Ball and it's like the education around that. She's now also since built out Studio J, which is an online training program. She's a master Pilates instructor. So she's been growing that to, as well. And so she was like, you know what? How do we really take what we're doing here and really begin to expand it beyond? So in her case, in building her evangelized community, I wanted to make sure that she was really being strategic about how she's creating aligned partners in multiple different industries that are not the necessarily the Pilates industry. Some of them could be, I mean, those are great, but how could she now create some partnerships and aligned partners in other spaces that would also be interested in having her come on and talk about pelvic floor health, right? Or Pilates. And so she started to really curate that room. She ended up in some incredible rooms with pro athletes, incredible spaces with wellness professionals that have lists of over 300,000, you know, those types of folks that were now all kind of aligned with her. And she started, you know, giving them demonstrations and showcasing how to do this. They became her biggest fans within minutes, right? And so because of that, now they were, we were giving them that little taste of what Jana can do with the cooch ball. <laughs> and by the way, it's not something you insert, just FYI. That could come off something really interesting, but it's something you sit on. <laughs> and so she would share these demonstrations and they would see results within a day, a two days, three days. And because of that, they couldn't help but want to tell the world, right? So that was a part of that was one part of her evangelize. And then the second part were all these beautiful people that she started nurturing who were actually buyers of the cooch ball. And she would pay attention. Okay, who out of these amazing humans are really the standout ones? And she would handpick those individuals or have her team member handpick each of those individuals and bring them also into this space with these influencers with these, you know, individuals who also had community. And she now started to curate that particular community and would give them those insider, same thing that we did, we just mentioned about Yelp, those insider, you know, here, here's where we're going. This is the upcoming launch. Here's what we're doing with this. Da, da, da. Can I have your feedback? What are your thoughts on this? And because they're so invested, because they have such ownership of how Jana is helping them she doesn't have to come up with a lot of the ideas. They're coming up with the ideas on how to promote it. And they're invested. So then they go and promote it. Right. So we've seen her shift her company significantly in a very short amount of time because of that engagement and that ownership that her evangelists now have with her. With her mm. brand. I love this so love much. That. My brain, I don't know about yours, Melanie, or if you're listening, my brain is going everywhere. I'm just like, I'm getting so excited of thinking about all of the different things I can do because I love bringing people together. I'm definitely, you know, a supporter and a champion of people and love bringing people together. And you've used some amazing examples there of communities that are working. But what I'd love you to do is share some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making in trying to get their communities going because you know we could all be sitting here thinking of these great things but we could be walking into this lion's den and making uh, a big mistake and it not working correct yeah 
you know, I, it's what I call the pyramid built on two sticks. <laughs> I wish I had a, a, a model of this for you right now, but I want you to imagine if you can draw, if you have a piece of paper, draw it out in front of you, or you can just use your imagination here. Imagine now you have the pyramid. We're in Egypt together and we are looking at this gorgeous pyramid. But then suddenly we have the, we realize we get closer and we realize it actually was built pretty much overnight, maybe in a few weeks worth of time. It's cute, but there's only these two little sticks that are kind of sticking out from the ground that are holding it up in that particular moment. And really what that pyramid, that initial pyramid is representing is really what about 98% of visionaries do. We're mostly quick starts, right? Most of us are quick starts. So we have this beautiful vision. Oh my gosh, I see it. I understand community. I love community. I know how to create group on Facebook or on whatever platform of our choices. And I'm going to go, we're going to create it. We're going to go in there and we're going to build this community. And it's going to be about XYZ topic. And we're going to just tell all of our friends that are in on our Facebook profile. And we're in, we have a community. And next thing you know, the community is up and we're looking at each other. You know, it can imagine like, as if it's like a, a party, you know, we're uh, Melanie's house for a party. <laughs> and I was going to say, I'm there. <laughs> But we're all there. But oftentimes what happens is we haven't thought through, okay, what, what's next? You're like, what happens at this party? What happens at this gathering? All right. So it is what I call the pyramid built on two sticks because we go into build mode and then activation mode. But we haven't thought through what else. How do we keep it sustained? Where do we go from here? Do we invite them to the back of the house because there's s'mores happening in the backyard, you know, in the fire pit? What do we do next? And the two sticks typically are your voice who you are in your industry and your vision, right? But we've forgotten a few core components. The first one being the values. Why are we here? What's driving this? What's going to sustain this when it gets hard? And partnering that into the voice and the vision. And then we forget about the other piece, the next level up. If we were to build an actual pyramid, the trans, what I call the transformed community paradigm, it's first having that first layer of the three V's, the vision values and the voice, moving that next into what I call the experiential value. An experiential value is where we start to think about our, what we call our sacred four. How do we let our community feel safe, feel seen, feel heard, feel honored and respected? Because those are really the sacred four elements to really build a community that feels really aligned and, and nurtured and really loved and want to be belong there, right? Mm. And then how do we design culture? That's an experiential value too. Like, what is the culture we're building? How do we invite them to feel like family? Are there rituals that we want to create here to really invite us to, to soak in together into this community that we're building? From there, then we need to build in that third layer. And that third layer is the profit path, which we spoke about, right? Choosing which profit path, what is the intentionality? Where are we going to invite this community to go next? And then ultimately, the fourth layer is the offer. What are the offers? How aligned are they to the people and in, in their journey of understanding who we are and where they're at in their, in their own body of work? And then once we have those four layers, then we actually go into building mode and then activating mode, which is really throwing the party at that point. That is a much more well-defined community experience. And so... The biggest mistake for sure is going jumping right into building that pyramid on two sticks instead of the pyramid that will last a significantly longer period of time. Mm. 
I'm seeing all the times these mistakes happen either in my business or I'm like, oh, I feel like that one's a little shaky. I mean, such a good pick. It's normal. Yeah. It's such a normal. Well, we're fast action takers. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, we don't mm-hmm. always think about all the foundations. We're like, get it out there and then go back and put the foundations in place so that it sticks. Yeah. And I can see how building culture and community isn't, that's not the right path. And as you're talking, Marcia and Sam, I know you're going to like totally dig into this one. I was reminded how in Gene Keys, when you're doing team and community dynamics and really looking at the layers of, you know, how Gene Keys and human design tell us where we're strong or where we have weak areas. Culture is often one of the areas that's weak because we don't think about culture as we're designing our community or as our teams. So Mm. love and seeing all the dots connecting. Mm, Totally. I love that. I love that. Yeah. As a multicultural person, as a person whose mom is literally a quarter each Jamaican, Puerto Rican, Chinese, Filipino, my father from Spain. One of the things I was very blessed to understand is, oh, this is from this culture. This is from this culture. This, what we're eating right now is this culture. When we do this, this stems from this particular culture, you know? So I grew up really actually dissecting culture without understanding I was dissecting culture because of just my family's dynamic and and conversation. Mm -hmm. So when I started building community, it actually was one of those things where I'm like, this is actually really important. Like, how does a culture actually get created? And if we actually look at like how that happens, there's so many, there's stories. It's the stories that tell us how to do certain things in a certain way. And I think where businesses often lack is in recognizing that we each have stories that we get to create culture around. The cultures we were born into, oftentimes we just, that's it. We're born. (laughs) This is what we, we were landed with. However, and also we get to be the co-creators of what it is that we get to, we want to design in our own businesses. So it's something that most people don't talk about, right? Like we, we talk about the strategy. We talk about how to create profitability, but the idea of culture, whoa, where does this come, Mm. come in? But it is a big part it's really the glue that sticks it together, isn't it? Yes. It yeah. I was just thinking how a community without culture is just a group of individuals. Mm, and it's the culture that provides context and experience, right? So Sam, I have a feeling we're going to have to do a whole episode on culture for Next Level Influence. I've got because- a feeling we might need to. <laughs> okay, we're adding it to the list of things to cover. Marusha, this is just extraordinary and so rich. And I, I have a feeling as we're listening in today, Uh, You're going to want to listen to this one several times because you're probably going to hear some of this differently as you get intentional about your own communities. Marusha, tell us where we can find out more about the work you're doing with revolutionary communities. Sure. Uh, So what I'm actually doing right now is I am giving, again, a lot of my stuff away for free right now. I made the choice this last year to really slow down the amount of communities I was personally working on but to continue to multiply massive in, in a massive way and create massive impact. And so if you join the Revolutionary Insiders Club, which can be found at revolutionarycommunities.com, you'll get our newsletter, which every week allows you to learn more about these concepts. And if you want to figure out how this works specifically for your company, then that's when you can reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you access to my calendar by being in the Insiders Club. If you know right now, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, Marusha, let's talk. Then let's connect on LinkedIn. 
because really that's, or on Facebook, just I'm the only Marusha Murphy out there. So feel free to, <laughs> to find me and just send me a message and say, you know, I found you through Samantha and Melanie, and I would like to learn more. And we can definitely, we can definitely have that conversation as well. Thank you. I love this so much. So you can find all the links to Marisha's communities and how you can connect with her over at nextlevelinfluencepodcast.com because you're probably not writing this down because your brain is exploding and thinking of all of the possibilities like mine is right now. I will definitely be going back and re-listening to this episode, Marisha. It's been absolutely fabulous chatting with you. And Melanie and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you both for having me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.